Hi, I'm Mo Abdelbaki, and this is episode 8 of my podcast. Welcome to Out of Mo's Mind. Hello, hello, and welcome. We're going to talk about love today. Well, I'm going to talk about love today. You can join in too, because I think we've all experienced love. So let's get started. Ah, love. Well, Valentine's Day is right around the corner as I'm uh, recording this. And um, I thought it might be worthwhile to talk a little bit about love. And we're going to talk today about romantic love. Now, there are so many different types of love, aren't there? There's incredible, I mean, love is everywhere and in everything. And, you know, I think that uh, love is very possible. I am an incurable romantic. I get weepy at commercials and uh, I always root for the couple to, uh, to have success in their love life in the end. And um, I'm a believer, a true believer. Now, that doesn't mean that love is easy. As a matter of fact, I I would be quick to say that love has never been easy for probably anybody. It's like walking a tightrope. You know, you have to balance that thing. They hold that big bar and you hold that and then you walk between, uh, you know, these two stable places, or at least they seem to be stable, but maybe they aren't. And uh, the good news is that uh, love is not as perilous as falling (laughs) from a tightrope. Well, it can be, but it usually isn't. Um, I've had my heart broken. I'm guessing you've had your heart broken too. Haven't we all had our hearts broken at one time or another? I was very insecure when it came to uh, uh, relationships when I was young. I'm uh, still probably, uh, you know, a little bit that way because I'm kind of a goofus. Well, maybe more of a doofus. Um than a goofus, but you know, that's just one thing or another. Um, And when I was a kid in school, I formed crushes, lots of them, and yet I never acted on any of them. Um, And and when I did, it it was not very, I didn't know what to do with it. For example, I, when I was in junior high school, I actually asked a girl to go steady with me. And um, she said, sure. I think I was 12, 13, you know, right around there. And so I said, oh, great. We were on the bus. And I said, I, I was wearing a ring, you know, and it was, um, it had some Egyptian symbols on it. And I said, would you like to go steady with me? And she blushed and smiled and said, sure, I'd love to go steady with you. It just surprised the, uh, the, 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 the bejesus out of me. I was just like, oh, my goodness. She actually said yes. So I gave her the ring and said, okay, let's go steady. And um, I think I called her once that summer. And that was because she had a pool table in her basement. And so I went over with a bunch of friends and we shot pool for a few hours. And I never called her again because I honestly was an idiot. And I really had no idea of what going steady meant. I I had no idea. It was this ideal, I think. Uh, There were a lot of things I never understood, like... Um, applying to college. I never got that one <laughs> down right. It was like, oh, am I supposed to do this? Yeah, is, am I supposed to, when am I, when am I supposed to do this? But I, I never did. 
I actually ended up going to college, but uh, that's because my dad was a professor. And so uh, they said, okay, we'll let this guy uh, in. God, he's such a weirdo. Um, so she, when, when we went back to school, I thought, oh, that's right. I'm going steady with her. And I went and, you know, saw her and said, so how are you? And she just took the ring out of her, you know, whatever it was in bag, I think. And she just said, hold your hand out and put it in there and said, don't ever talk to me again. And I thought, well, what's wrong with her? Gosh, I had, you know, and well, probably better for her, for sure. And for me, because I really was clueless. Didn't keep from me from getting crushes. That happened quite a bit. But as I said, I didn't have the confidence to move forward with it. Um, I got to tell you a story. So here I was out of high school. Uh, I think I was 21 at the time. And I, I got a job working at uh, the pipe tobacco shop, the tobacco shop, pipe shop, same thing, um, in my old hometown, even though I'd moved away, I'd come back for the summer. And so I was 22. And uh, they're standing in line was a girl that I had had a woman now, of course, uh, who I had a crush on from about, I don't know, maybe fourth, fifth grade. And I just had always had this like heart rending, tearing, ripping, you know, oh my goodness, oh my goodness about her. And always felt that she was completely out of my league. But she was, in my opinion, stunning, gorgeous. And uh, when she laughed, she threw her head back and tossed her hair. And, I mean, she, <laughs> it was really pretty amazing. So we were standing in line. I was at the bank making a deposit. And she was standing right in back of me. And she turned around to see who was standing in back of her. And I recognized her. I said, oh, hello. And she said, Mo. And we started talking a little bit. And she said something that just absolutely floored me. She said, why didn't you ever ask me out? And I just went, uh, huh? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm not awful sure, you know. And she said, I said, would you have gone out? She said, are you kidding? In a heartbeat. I really liked you. I thought you were kind of cool. And, and you had a sense of humor and da 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 And I, I just you know, felt myself, I started beating myself inside. And she said, well, I'm married now. And I thought, ah, of course you are, you know, but she had been, I mean, you know, um, it wasn't long before I ended up getting married too, a couple of years. And so a well, year, oh my God. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I was blown away by this. And, and this was not a unique story. This was something that I heard many times. And I realized that that you can't, how do you know? You know, I mean, obviously, if she had said, L, um, L, you know, I would have, you know. I actually had that happen once. This is a, a great story. So um, my senior year, I had gone to uh, the, the, the senior prom as a junior with a friend of mine, uh, a guy. I didn't go with him. He went with a girl, and I went with a girl, and he really talked me into going. So I asked a girl, and she gave me a big smile and said, oh, I'd love to go, love to go. And, um, and so we went, and it turns out she liked my friend, and she had a crush on him. So that's what that was about. And um, it was not a nice night. In many ways, and he he just had, thought that was so funny, 
you know, because she kept flirting with him. And, and the only good news was that he was allergic to his dates um, um, or the, her orchid, orchid or her uh, perfume. So it was like, uh, you know, a little schadenfreude going on there. It's like, uh-huh, yeah, he was happy for me that I was. And when we got, I, I took the, the young lady home and she was very sweet. Just stay away from me. And so, and I had never even kissed a girl at that point. I didn't kiss a girl until I was 18 years old. And that's a long story, real long story, but a, a kind of a good one. So I, I, I dropped her off at her house. I stopped the car and I was going to get out to open the door for her. I wasn't anticipating a smooch or anything else because that was kind of obvious that was not going to happen. And she ran to the front door and was, gave me a quick goodbye and thank you and boom, you know. So, uh, love, <laughs> love in, and I had friends in in high school and in junior high school who had boyfriends and girlfriends, and you know they would make out, and I would just think, how does this happen? What is what is this phenomenon that takes place? And and so here's the deal. Eventually, I did fall in love, and eventually, I got married, and then I got divorced, and then I got married again, and you know you realize that love is a power. It's something really amazing. Now, it hasn't always worked out for me, but then again, you see, I've read and and worked with people for over the past 40, 50 years, however old I am, I've been working well, professionally for about 35, 40 years. And I have talked to literally thousands of people about love. Thousands of people about love because that is one of the most amazing things there is and everybody wants it. Now we watch movies and we watch TV shows and sometimes those TV shows are accurate and sometimes they're not. Rarely are they accurate. They're always someone's idea. Let me tell a story about love. Well, if it's a real story about love, it's not going to be too interesting because what happens in love is pretty much internal, isn't it? It's about what happens in that inner self. You know, I, you know, the movie I really like is 16 Candles. I mean, it was so long ago. But but why does Michael Anthony Hall, why is he such a hero in that? Because he ends up with, you know, like the quote unquote, most desirable, hottest girl in the group, who is also a big snob and treats him badly. But this nerdy, squeaky kid who turned out to be a really good actor and kind of a, a you know, muscular sort of fellow when he got older. But this 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 nerdy kid makes good uh, well good way in quotation marks i don't know what good really is when it comes to that i mean it's all with you know with respect let me say that so and oingo boingo was in the movie and devo so you know how could it be bad i happen to like both groups even though i'm a little oingo boingo, I, something about that group uh but devo today they're anyway I, no 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 don't go there just, just stay on the stay on the topic mo so I've worked with people for many, many years on this idea of love. And love is a power. Now, if we look just very strictly at what love is about, what it's supposed to be, it's about the procreation of the species, right? Or at least that's what we could say. And so if men and women, or today, of course, men and men, or women and women, or women, men and women, or men, men, women, men, men and Vikings decided to come together to have, that we would have people, you know. 
And so, and it, remember, I grew up in a phase of, of history that was known as the love generation. I still think of us that way because we so idealized it. We romanticized it to the point of kind of weirdness. Our songs were about revolution and love. <laughs> and you know what? Um... There was a real kind of connection between those because we were saying we aren't going to be like our parents. We aren't going to be like, and and it's really weird because I, most people I knew got married really fast, really fast out of high school. You know, some in high school. I got married pretty quickly out of high school. I got married at the age of 23. My ex-wife was married at the age of 21. And then she married me. I'm kidding. To me. And so we were young and we had kids right away. And it was really one of those things where that was the way the world was. And everyone we knew was married and they were having kids. And everyone knew that when you had kids, everything changed and blah, 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 blah. And I don't regret a minute of it. Not a minute of it. Even when things kind of went south, you know. And that's because I believe in love. I believe in love. And even though I've been basically married for over 40 years of my life at this point, um, which is really kind of mind-blowing when I think about it, it's been over 40 years of my life I have been essentially married. I'm not going to explain what that means. But the truth of the matter is, is that I, I can't, have, I've never actually lived alone. Now, there are those of you who are going to go, what? What sort of jerk is he? Well, I'm a big, but that's a different story. I went right from living with my parents to getting married and living with my ex-wife and then living with my current wife. So I've never really been alone. And here's the key. I have been alone, right? Because bottom line is when you're in love, when you're in a relationship, no matter what the case is, it's you. It's you relying upon yourself. Now, I've met so many people who just crave love. And what they don't realize is that you can't really find love, a good love, until you love yourself. You have to be, I mean, are you worthy of love? You're darn right you're love worthy of. Ta-da. <laughs> you're darn right you are. You are worthy of love. But if you don't feel that you're worthy of love, why would anyone else treat you right? Now, honestly, when I was a young man, I didn't have very good self-esteem. When I graduated from high school, I wasn't in the top 10%, okay? Could have been, I suppose, you know, based on whatever grades and, you know, tests and this and that. But I just did not care. Uh, that was to last for a while. I eventually kind of snapped out of it my senior year in college. But um, so I'll never forget because there were my parents up in the audience and they're, you know, naming names and... um names of my friends in the top 10%, they would stand up and the audience would applaud. And my mom kept motioning me, get, get up, get up, Mo, get, stand up. And I just looked at her and kind of shook my head. No, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> I didn't try. <laughs> you know? And she was so embarrassed. Now, I mean, you know, I was in theater, I was in band, I was the pep band leader. I was very popular, you know. But but so I kind of felt a little diminished because of that. But more than that, I'd never had a real relationship up to that point. A male female, so much so that my dad, you know, pulled me aside one day and said, uh, you know, um, um, your mother and I, uh, um, let's see here. Um, 
do you like girls? And I was like, yeah. Okay, that was it, you know. And I realized, wow, just because I, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to these things. But when I fall in love, it's pretty heavy duty. I mean, it really is. And and I have a theory about love. Love is about alchemy. Two people come together and they have to light the fuse, so to speak, or light the, uh, the, the, the fire underneath the crucible. And the passion, the lust that comes from that is about melting them together, sometimes almost literally, into one form of, of human. And that is the couple. Otherwise, you can't really have that couple. So it serves a real function. And it's fun. And, and you know, with Valentine's Day coming along, uh, the, you know, things people buy, you know, um, the things people buy, <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, this is, you know, when it's, it's elaborate. That's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of elaborate. It's like saying, okay, this is a big deal. We have to make this a big deal. When in fact, love is about a hug or love is about holding a door or love is about cooking a favorite meal or love is about caring if someone's cold or when someone's sick, worrying about them, you know? Um, love is about respect. Love is about taking care of each other. And, and the other stuff, the lust and the sex, is all good and well, but it's, it's not... If you've done it right, you've come together and you've boiled together in this cauldron for a while, and you come out this morph, right? This kind of... Um, creation of two different people, two different things, but you also maintain your individuality. So, in the in the old alchemical, um, what they're called alchemical, uh, not motifs, but uh, emblems, you look at those and you can see there's the sun and moon, and they're together. They're fused into one, one person, usually at the hip, actually, um, and then you say, okay. But they're separate as well. They, they live their own lives. They do their own things. But they always come back together to recharge each other. There's a, a wonderful thing in ancient Egyptian mythology. And that is that we have this god, this deity named Horus. We call him Horus. They called him Heru. H-E-R-U. Well, that's, they didn't use that. You know what I mean. So Heru. So his consort was named Hathor. Hathor. Because he was also known as Hor, not just Heru, Hor. So Hathor in ancient Egyptian means the dwelling place of Horus. I love that. I love that. It's where he was safe. It's where at the end of the night he could, he could go into his house, the house of Horus, that goddess of his, and, and be with her and be rejuvenated and be created and be safe. And, and we do that for each other, right? Um, she was a cow-faced, beautiful woman, you know, uh, used as a sculpture, but also as she could be cow-faced because uh, the bull, the mighty bull, was a symbol of ancient Egyptian power and might. And so we think to ourselves, what am I if not part of something, something sacred, something holy. It can be male-female, it can be male-male, it can be female-female, it can be any of the above, or any, it can be something that I'm not even aware of. 
Because love is much more than just people getting together and sharing each other's bodies. If you're lucky, that's a good part of it. But you don't have to be that lucky to say, oh, that's the only part of it, because there's so much more to it than that. There is that feeling that we get when you look over and there's that person watching the same TV show you're watching and you're both enjoying it, right? Then there's that moment when, you know, you're watching some show that you just can't stand, but you you tolerate it because that person likes it. I can't tell you how many really crappy shows people have to watch on my behalf. (laughs) You know, people, well, my wife, you know, she has to watch these shows that are just, not, you know, but she does it, you know. Um, I watch shows that she likes because, you know, I can, I do math in my head and things like that, you know. Um, recite poems, you know. The sun was shining on the sea, shining with all his might. He did his very best to make the, not breast, that was his Freudian slip, which I understand was very silky and nice to wear. Anyway, back to the story of love. So, if you've had your heart broken, and I'm I'm guessing you have, unrequited love is just the pits, isn't it? Where where you find I've seen these things happen in very strange ways, where where someone forms an attachment to someone else, and and they just don't get it that it's a one way street. I actually have been there. I did that. Um, it was a, a very strong friendship, but I assumed there was more, and it never was more. It never became anything more than it was. Wow, that was an interesting phrase, don't you think? It was more than it was. Anyway, so I I really was angry and confused and irritated throughout the whole thing, you know? And finally, I just realized, what am I doing here? Now, I'm I'm a codger now, or approaching codgerism, and uh, I wonder, would I have done anything differently? Would I have done anything um, that I... And I don't think I would have. I I fell pretty hard pretty easily. Um, and so I think that everything I did, mistakes and all, were pretty much honest mistakes. I, I believed what I heard. I'm still naive. I still believe what I hear when people say, Yes, Mo, I will do this for you. I think to myself, oh, how nice someone's going to do this for me. And then it turns out that they're only doing this for them and that I actually ended up working on something for them. And But I don't mind that. Why? Because that's what being human is about. Love is a power. It's a power that we can either try and push away or that we can embrace. And I would much rather embrace it and make a bunch of mistakes than to turn away from it and be bitter and cynical and to say, you know, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I watch these movies. Do you know the movie, I, I Can't Keep a Dry Eye in the House? I think that's a <laughs> a strange idiomatic twist. Um, is love actually? Boy, that, I cry. I mean, I just kind of get weepy and I think, wow, this is because it's about the hopefulness of love. You know, it's about what love really is about in many different facets. And that's the other thing. It's complicated. How are we supposed to understand it? How are we supposed to understand it? You know, I, my mom, 
my mom and dad, my mom was five years younger than my dad. So he had an uncle who lived in the apartment building in Alexandria. He lived in Cairo, and they would send him there. They'd say, go to, go to Alexandria, spend some, a couple months with your uncle. So he did. And when my mom was born, he knew the family very well. And the story goes, and I don't see why this wouldn't be true, he looked at her and said, I'm going to marry her. And they grew up together, essentially, and they fell completely and totally in love. And he told me this, and I believe him, he never, ever kissed another woman, wasn't with another woman in any way, shape, or form, that she was the only person he ever loved. And I know that she felt the same way about my dad. And so when he died very young, it was devastating for our entire family. But my poor mom really had a hard time, had a hard time. And yet she looked at actually moving forward. She had many suitors because she was a beautiful woman, an incredible cook, very talented in all sorts of things. You know, she sewed and she painted and she made pottery. She was really quite a quite a woman, uh, spoke several languages, you know. Uh, I drove her absolutely out of her mind, um, irritated the living uh, snot out of her, excuse that term, but it's true, you know. She was always very clear in her sinuses because I had irritated the snot out of her. So I did a good thing. I did a good thing. So, um, but it was devastating for her. And and I, I know people who have lost, oh, do I ever. And it crushes the soul. But at the same time, we have to be willing to move forward. We have to be willing not to accept, and, and we certainly need time to heal. But by God, we have to be able to say, there are 8 billion people on this planet. I can do this. I can find love again. Because love is much more than you know, the nether regions of our body tingling. Love is about happiness. Love is about a sense of comfort. Love is about acceptance, but more than that, accepting others. If you are with someone and you can't accept them as they are, then you shouldn't be there. And if if you're not being accepted or if you're being abused in any way, shape, or form, then it's up to you to say, I've got to get out of this mess. Because this is our life. This is our life. I, I saw a thing on the, the tube, YouTube today, and um, it's of swans. There are these two swans. One of them is they're being relocated, and one's in the water, and they unzip the other one out of the swan holder they have. And, and they put it in the water, and it immediately glides over to the other one, and they put their heads together. Like, wow, have I missed you. Where have you been? Where have you been? And, and they, they swim together, and their heads are together. And it, it's one of the most amazing things to see because that's very natural. See, I said that on purpose that way. Natural, it's about nature. It is natural. Monogamy, perhaps for human beings, not as much as someone would think is, is as natural as, but it can be a worthwhile venture. Although, if you want to live in an open... I've seen many open marriages. I... I knew a couple who had what they considered to be an open marriage, which meant they could go and play around anywhere they wanted to. It wasn't a cause of great joy. 
in the long run. But it was the 70s. What are you going to do? Um, and then there are those who find love and, and it goes sour and they become angry and they begin to hate the world. I knew someone like that whose love went bad. And unfortunately, uh, there was a case of uh, not liking the other gender and a beginning to just in general hate. There's no room in my heart for hatred. There just isn't. I, I can't abide it because it isn't who I am. I love. I, you know, um, I'll tell you a quick story. I mean, this is just my philosophy. Um, a friend of mine sent me this uh, meme, I guess, a picture on the internet of Donald Trump toilet paper, thinking that I would, I guess, like it. And I said, I could never use this stuff. I don't hate him. I'm, I don't like his politics. I don't, I don't know him. He's done some terrible things in my opinion, but you know what? I, hatred is a very strong feeling. And it takes as much out of us as love does. You see what I'm saying? I, I just wouldn't do that. I don't like having that much of an attachment to people that I, I can't talk to and discuss things with, you know? Like my kids, like my grandchildren, you know? <laughs> Obviously a spouse. And that's what it's about. Love is about honesty and sharing and the warmth and the friendship. How many friends do you really have right now in your life? Well, if you're on Facebook or something, you may have a thousand or you know eighteen thousand or whatever but but of those people, you see what I'm saying? I don't have to say anymore so it it becomes a matter of what is love to you. And, and I really believe that any of you seeking love can find it. Romantic love is built into us. We are hardwired, so to speak, to seek out romantic love. And I don't care what age you are. I don't care what your body type is. I don't care what your politics are. I, I, none of that matters. People fall in love every single day by the millions on a planet of 8 billion people, maybe by the billions. And yes, yes, we all say there's one person in particular who is perfect for me. I, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. But on a planet of 8 billion, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to make it? You know, are you going to just say, well, I'll wait for that one person? Who knows? They might be in Mongolia. They might be um, in Paris. They might be in Cedar Rapids. Who knows where they are? And the key is, what are you going to do? Well, you live. And, and if you can make it happen, you do. But in the meantime, you don't lose hope and you don't pull yourself away from the incredible beauty and wonder of love. Yeah, I believe in love. When Huey Lewis asked, do you, do you believe in love? I, yes, I do. You know, when the Beatles sang, all you need is love, I understood that. Love is all you need. And it's not just the love of one person, because if you don't love yourself, and if you don't really know how to love someone else, how can you love humanity? How can you love everything and everybody? Now, obviously, we have to be guarded, because there are people out there who aren't worth a lot of love. I shouldn't say that. 
or whose love is very dangerous and toxic. But that's when we have to have compassion for them and say, you know, bless you. I, I back away slowly and never take my eyes off of you. You know? There have been so many times when I have been exposed to someone who wanted to, you know, lay some sex on me, to use a term, um, in the past. And if it just seemed void of love, then I've said kind of no, you know. Um, because, kind of no? I say kind of no. Um, because it just it didn't ring true for me. It, it didn't make sense. You know, um, and not because, oh, gee, I don't like the feels. That's not the case, of course. But I think there should be more to it. I think there should be some integrity behind our actions. Um, and if two people come together and they only want that, that's it, nothing else. And then they agree on that, then fine. But I've known people who've lived that lifestyle who eventually have found themselves to be starving even though they eat all the time. You know, there's only so much nutrition you can get from, from Twinkies and Ding Dongs, right? Eventually you're going to need some protein and you're going to need some vitamins. And, and that's the power of love. So, I say don't make this Valentine's Day about fancy heart-shaped things which make people 12 billion... 20, some enormous, it was like $27 billion or $12 billion or, you know, three times the wall or four times the wall, something like that, that will be spent on Valentine's Day. And I don't think it's necessary. I think it's more important, you know, sure, you buy some flowers or you buy a card or whatever the case may be, but it shouldn't be to wind up that for a year. I have actually gone to those, you know, grocery stores. Go to a grocery. Here's do, do yourself something. One Valentine's Day, go there the night before and go to the greeting card aisle and, and take a look at what you see. It's like a watering hole on the savannah. And and anyone who walks up there is suddenly like a lion. They all kind of over look over and they're all kind of scared and they go back to drinking their water or looking at cards. I've actually seen people cry out loud, I can't find anything, you know? Can't find anything. That is, that's, that's kind of, you know, tragic. So, let's make it about love again. And let's make it honest and sincere and have a great time with it. it it's like walking a tightrope. But the good news is you can always get back up and do it again. All right? Well, that's enough about that. All right. Have a great week. Have a great day. Have a great life. I'll be back. If all goes well. <laughs> Until next we meet, this is Mo wishing you peace and love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>